Welcome to another edition of the Stoutcast podcast. We have made it through the maze. There is literally a maze in the back barn, the back three quarters, the back 40, whatever you want to call it here at Yolo Brewing Company, but we have made it through it. All right, okay, it took me a long time to get through it. The other two, though, came right through. I'm not really, really sure what's wrong with me. But anyway, it's Dan Scott, founder of Sacramento Beer Week, and Dave Weiss, brewer here at Yolo Brewing. And we are making a return visit after, what's it been, Dave, a couple years? Yeah, at least a couple years. So we not only launched with uh, Yolo Brewing's uh, Vanilla Milk Stout as one of the first three that we navigated, but then we found it so interesting we came back and almost immediately did a second episode here. So that said, a couple years later, we're back for two more. We've got a peanut butter and jelly and the, say the other one. Muerte de Chancla is a Mexican hot chocolate inspired pastry stout. All right. My wife keeps threatening to hit me with the chocolate. It is a sandal, is it not? That is correct, yes. Okay, just checking. All right, good. She's going to like this episode. All right, but we brought two others, so we're going to try those two. Uh, we're going to try the Guinness. Um, Guinness put out like a 12-pack of like four of its different varieties of stouts, and this is Guinness Original, which is uh, fairly thin at 42 it has the white label with the uh, black lettering. And while Dave's pouring us a sample of that, Dave's going to tell us what's new and exciting at Yolo Brewing. We're going to be releasing three new beers. One is a dry Irish stout, which you guys featured on the pod last time you were here. Um, we're also releasing a new pastry stout that's going to be a Irish coffee-inspired pastry stout. And we're going to be releasing a mint milkshake IPA that will be uh, <laughs> reminiscent of a famous fast food milkshake yeah, seasonal yeah. item. So awesome. That's going to be called Minty Boy. <laughs> Excellent. I like all of that. Fantastic. And Dan, what's new with you? Oh, well, did some beer tasting in Ventura. Over the weekend, checked out a few breweries I hadn't been to before. I went to a Topa Topa Brewing Company. It was excellent. Quite good. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. So we are expecting the Brewer's Project, Guinness Original, inspired by Arthur Guinness's original stout recipe, first introduced in Dublin around the 1800s as a premium porter. Still solid today in the UK and now available in the United States, the brew delivers a rounded flavor of bitter and sweet with a dry, finished 4.2% Alcohol, are we expecting porter or are we expecting stout? Your thoughts? Well, they're a bit of the same thing. If we're talking about a 250-year-old recipe or however many hundreds of years it is. Uh, I believe 1,800, I believe. So, yeah, we're in the, we're in the neighborhood. All right. It's got a nice start to it. It's got a nice flavor. There's not much of an aftertaste. Pretty straightforward. Yep. Very clean. Nice and roasty. Good carbonation. A little overcarbonated, or do you like it? I mean, I think for the style, it seems about right. You know, it's a it's a dry stout. It's only four point two percent, so you're gonna have a light body, higher carbonation. So pretty much what we can expect. Um, yeah, there's not a lot to it. It's kind of a one note wonder, is it not? Yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's you know a quaffable, chuggable uh, Irish stout. Yes. Well. Dave, I liked yours considerably better. This is not bad. Um, it's, I think it falls right in the range of good to very good. It's drinkable. Um, it's a little fizzy for my taste. Um, a little bit of an aftertaste, but it's not bad. It's, it's very drinkable. It's a good to very good.
on the on the scale. By the way, the last time we were here, I don't even know if we had a scale. So the scale is now excellent, very good, good, fair, poor cat, as in cat, cat. as Simic. in would not would not feed it to said animal. Okay. So that is the rating system, Mr. Scott. Your thoughts? I think I will give that a very good. It's it's something I would definitely drink. I'm a big fan of Guinness. Uh, it's nice to have a different twist on it. You know, try whatever the intended recipe of it was a couple hundred years ago. It's, yeah, very roasty. Very roasty. <laughs> I would also give that a very good. Uh, as a brewer, one of my measures of how much I like a beer is how many I think I could drink, and I could probably have like six or seven of those while watching a football game or something. It was pretty refreshing for a stout, light-bodied, roasty, dry. I liked it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Now let's get on to the uh, to the one one of the guests. Do you, do you have a rating? I gave it good to very good. Good to very good. Yeah. I believe you were watching one of the mosquitoes fly by. That it was. was the size of an aircraft carrier, <laughs> and it was were temporarily definitely uh, distracted by that monster. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll move on from that. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad that one turned out because some of the other ones have been a little uh, less than interested in particularly. But yeah, I like that one. It's good. So uh, we go to the first of the Yolo fight and this is going to be the PB&J which is 6.3% alcohol. So this is a milk stout, a cream stout if you will, brewed with uh, peanut butter and jelly flavorings so the idea is to taste like a sandwich basically what's what's the jelly uh the jelly changes from time to time right now we're on strawberry mm, my favorite and so how do you get strawberry flavorings do you you're we're not are we actually picking up cases of strawberry jam if we are i know a lady uh, who brews the who, who makes the stuff or what's the what's the brewer, secret brewer's secret fair enough all right proprietary <laughs> I'm still just smelling this thing. Just the nose on it is just so nutty. Like, it's really good. Mm -hmm. And sweet, much like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. What? When was the last time you smelled the peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Ooh, uh, actually this last Saturday I, I did. Because Sunday for me. I had, a, I had a, several of them out on the boat with me. The boat? Uh-huh. Oh, and when I was in Ventura, took a boat out to the Channel Islands. Yes, when, sir. When you're making a peanut butter jelly sandwich, yes. you do peanut butter both sides, jelly in the middle to protect your bread integrity? Or No, no. I'm pretty much uh, throw some peanut butter on one side, throw some jelly on top of just it, and then just... it on there. Yeah. Are we talking like Skippy Creamy, Skippy Crunchy, no, Adams? Chunky. You do the like all natural stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually more of an almond butter guy, but this was a Safeway right. Select Organic Chunky. That's what we had at the you time. Stir it up. Yeah, no, no, no. It's good. They were good. It's it's mass produced. Right. Shout out to Safeway. We'll be hitting yeah. them up for uh, advertising dollars here shortly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm on the boat with them. Yeah, it was actually Vons because I was in Southern California. Oh, oh, yes, Vons. That's yeah. right. Well traveled, yeah. man. <laughs> well, I have not had a peanut butter and jelly previously. I'm not sure that. I, have you had one previously? I have not. I had not experienced this. I've had variety. a lot of peanut butter stouts and porters, but I think mine might be the only peanut butter and jelly one that I've had. I know they exist. I've seen other ones. I just don't think yeah. I've ever drank one. I don't recall if I've had a one at another location. 
I, from what I recall of the ones that I've had, there's been a lot of the peanut flavoring, and often there's chocolate mixed in with it, which is a for me is not a happy experience because I really don't like Reese's, I don't like peanut butter and chocolate together. So it's kind of a already destined to fail kind of thing. But, Bob, but they're yes. two great tastes that taste great together. Sorry, not sorry. Mm. Um, but this, this is this is pretty awesome. Um, You've got the peanuts, certainly, and then you've got the sweetness of the jelly. It is exactly what it promises. Um, it's not too sweet. There's virtually no aftertaste. I'm struggling to find anything wrong with it. Have you found anything wrong with it yet? Other than that mosquito, no. I killed good. it. It's done. Oh, you got it. Oh, you're my hero. Yeah, well, I got the one that was going to land on the top of your head earlier, too. Thank so God. Yeah, basically, I'm saving you from malaria pretty Perfect. much every 50 seconds. All right. What's the base beer on this guy? So the base beer is just a cream stout. Mm -hmm. um, so our vanilla cream stout and our peanut butter jelly cream stout, same exact base. Um, so it's just a, a stout brewed with a little bit of lactose, not a huge amount. I think we're at about, um, I think we're at like four pounds per barrel or so of lactose okay. uh, and some chocolate malt, a little bit of caramel malt. This is actually a recipe that I have fiddled with more than any other mm -hmm. Uh, recipe at the brewery, trying to get that base beer to where I like it. Sometimes if you have too dark of a caramel malt, it gets kind of grapey, and which maybe works in the peanut butter jelly, but doesn't work in the vanilla. And so it's been a lot trying to get it where the color, the mouthfeel, the flavor are all spot on so that I can kind of build uh, different versions of it on top of that. Okay. Had we notified you about the prohibition against the term mouthfeel the last time we were here? Did I say mouthfeel? No, you did not. I'm sure it didn't happen. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and rate this bad boy. Um, it promises what it delivers. It's eminently drinkable. It really tastes fantastic. It's the best stout with peanuts in it I've ever had. Um, I can't see any reason to not give it an excellent. So congratulations for joining the club this year. It is a it is rarefied air. Uh, and you are definitely in it. I got to ask you though. Well, I'm going to get Dan's vote here in a second. But while he's, are you thinking, or you got to, you got to, no, you, no, you, you ready? I'm, uh, I'm going to give that a very good. Um, think I, I think I, I would like a little bit more of a jelly with the peanut butter and jelly. But yeah, I mean that's a great beer. It's and it's really drinkable. And yeah, like you said, it delivers. And we give extra credit for that. So uh, congratulations and nicely done. Um, so what are the other versions? What are the other jellies? You said this one's a strawberry. Uh, I've done grape jelly before. I've done blackberry. Um, it kind of just depends on what I'm feeling like. Yeah. Um, we have done strawberry a lot in the past. That's just such a classic peanut butter jelly flavor. Uh, so I tend to stick with that one. That's tip, If you find this out in the marketplace, it's almost certainly going to be strawberry. But you might get surprised. Who knows? So what is the what's the what's your favorite of the of the three? Uh, my favorite of the three is probably the strawberry. Personally, this isn't my favorite beer that I make though. Mm. I I prefer it with just uh, peanut butter flavor. Um, the fruitiness of the jelly is. I mean, it tastes like a PBJ, which is the idea, and we have a lot of people that come into the brewery and love it, which is why we make it. But the fruitiness with the kind of chocolatey peanut butteriness of the stout is a little strange to me personally. But, you know, I don't brew beer just for myself to drink. I brew beer for everyone to drink, so. Well, and we appreciate that, Dan. Uh, what, what sandwich would you like to taste in a beer next? <laughs> um, I was thinking ham and salami. Yeah. Uh, fried bologna. I, th I think I'd like a grilled cheese. I think I'd like. <laughs> you get real cheesy. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd like you to do a grilled cheese. 
I'm trying to maybe on sourdough. We should really think about this. I bet right. we could come up with another sandwich-inspired <laughs> beer that could actually be good with some. I'm thinking like a grilled cheese with like rosemary and I don't know, maybe some kind of sourdough element to it. Uh, it's probably it's, doable. Yeah, would it be like a sour lactose-inspired? Yeah, I don't something? know how you get cheese flavor into a beer, but I, I suppose that you can buy powdered cheese. <laughs> Never heard of anyone yeah. brewing with it. I've, I've had cheese-flavored beer. I'm not sure if it was on purpose. <laughs> not intentionally cheesy. <laughs> That'd be the name. Intentionally Int- cheesy. Intentionally <laughs> cheesy. Well, See, I, I'm fond of telling the story that I years ago I was like I had the bright idea that you know this stout would be really good if I mixed some milk with it, and mm. then I got curds. And so I figured out how to make cottage cheese flavored beer. So I'm really, there I'm like, go. I'm a step ahead. Yeah. yeah. So if you need cottage cheese flavored beer, I I got you. That's not a good face. That sounds dreamy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We have a, one of our bartenders is a real mixologist with the beers. He always, every now and then he'll come to me with like, oh, Dave, you got to try this. It's like a three quarters Doolahan's Red with a quarter Imperial Stout. It's awesome. So come by and talk to Jose and you might get a special beer. Nice. All right, so we've got a very good and excellent, nicely done, and we are going to go with the Deafening Silence. What? You'll be here all week, folks. Don't forget to tip your waiters. It's an orange on a, looks like a burnt frame of a branch or a something. It's supposed to be a tree, right? With I roots? guess. It's very artsy. A very, yes, very artsy. And this is from our folks, our friends at Moonraker. Uh, Aged in bourbon barrels, 18 months, cacao nibs, vanilla, orange zest. I believe the alcohol by volume is 13.0. Little stiff. That is viscous. I was running a little low on oil as I was coming over. I might just save a little bit of this off to the side. What are you What are you saying? What, why are you giving me that? No, I want to fully experience this. Wow, I can smell it from here. Orange, some serious orange scent. <laughs> a lot of bourbon on that too. Yeah. I'd say everything's there. I'm getting the bourbon first, and I haven't got the orange yet. Mm. You'll get the orange when you drink it. <laughs> Holy, yeah. That's a well-executed beer. Wow. Do you yeah. like oranges, Dan? That's, that's not, yeah. I'm not sure if that's a curious no, face. No, I do. An improving face or a thoughtful face. Uh, or... I make interesting faces when I'm thinking about a beer, and it doesn't always look like I'm approving. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. <laughs> so... How do you go about getting that? I mean, there's a there's a citrus component in there. I mean, have you have you brewed a beer with a lot of citrus? I have actually brewed a beer, an imperial porter with cocoa nibs and orange zest. So pretty similar to this beer, just not aged in uh, bourbon barrels. And the way that I did it, which I can't assume that this is the way that Moonraker did it, but I carefully zested. Um, probably like a five gallon bucket's worth of Cara Cara oranges and uh, basically steeped those peels in the beer uh, for a certain amount of time and then transferred the beer off of the orange peels once the flavor was right. Uh, Orange zest is something that can over extract and start to get pithy and bitter. Um, 
Although that's in a in a big stout like this, that's probably less of a risk because it's even if you get a little bit of that bitterness, it's going to be counteracted by all the sweetness from the uh, from the base beer. Yeah, and the chocolate too, I would think mm -hmm. would mask that. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of these imperial stouts, at least my own sort of brewing philosophy with them, is you're you're going to end up with a very sweet beer before you start treating it with flavors. So you want to be thinking about when you're treating it, what's going to add bitterness back to that. So when I'm brewing a, a stout that I know I'm going to add cocoa nibs and coffee to, for example, um, I'm going to, before I add those things, I'm planning on it being too sweet mm -hmm. because then the coffee is bitter, the cocoa nibs are bitter, so that's going to bring me into balance. And I think clearly these guys thought that out with this beer because this is a very well-balanced beer. Yeah. Rating? Oh, that's an excellent. That's that's a really tasty beer. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a no question. Excellent. Yeah, yeah and like the level of difficulty, I would imagine, is is pretty high. You know, it's harder to make than, you know, that Guinness over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's very I, I go back and forth on this because on the one hand, you when you're dealing with these big flavors, you you also have big margin for error, you know. So yeah. if you have a beer that's 13% alcohol that you're adding a ton of flavors to, and it's going to be this big, bold-flavored beer, uh, that's going to cover up a lot of potential imperfections, which is not to say that there's any in this beer we're drinking now. But on the one hand, I think it's almost easier to brew these styles of beer because it's it's meant to be over-the-top and decadent. Mm. And so it's... To me, like, and a lot of brewers would probably agree, like, the toughest style of beer to brew would be, uh, like, a light lager. Yeah, American light lager. Right. For sure. It's just, there's no flavor to it at all. So yeah. if you have anything there that's not supposed to be there, it's going to stick out like yeah. a sore thumb. On a beer like this, um, the idea is to have over-the-top flavor, you know. You're not going to list all these ingredients on the label and not have them be super prominent in right. the beer. Um, that said... Brewing beers like this takes a really long time. It's a lot of extra steps. Um, there's a lot of extra cost involved in getting these different ingredients. So it's just different challenges. Mm -hmm. I appreciate what they did. I think they definitely nailed what they were going for. It delivers as promised. If you're up for the challenge of oranges in your beer, which both of you are since you're pouring more, um, then you're on. I And I... I'm just not sure how much I really am digging it. Not so your thing. I'm I'm just thinking, and I really like oranges, and I really like stouts, and I like chocolate. I'm. I I think I think it's a very good for me. I think it's a very good. I think it's an I think it's a great one to sit around and talk about, and you know what went into it, which you guys just did for you know I mean with with, uh, with great expertise. But I mean I'm I'm thinking about all right. Do I do I want to drink a lot of this? I'm I'm just. I'm con I'm a little confused because I haven't I haven't anything like it. Yeah, it's not one you want to take home at the end of the night. I didn't say that. I just I'm just confused, okay. so I'm not sure. It doesn't leap out at me as this is excellent, yeah. but it leaped out at both of you as excellent, and so mm -hmm. two out of three ain't bad. I'm I'm gonna go very good. I think. Um, I'd be curious how this was without the bourbon barrel yeah. element, especially on the on the aroma. The bourbon barrel is pretty overpowering. Yeah. Which I, I kind of like. I like it when it's when there's a lot of bourbon in it and when it's balanced. Um, I like the I like the way it's balanced. I'm just usually it's balanced with something else that kind of 
you get the you get the bourbon, but it's you're not, you're not feeling like you're drinking a shot of bourbon right out of the glass. So um, that is so. a flavor journey. <laughs> yeah, I'm still thinking about that beer. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we've got two big fans here for the uh, deafening silence from Moonraker. Stop it. All right, and the grand finale. We have Muerta de Chancla. Tell me about this beer. All right, this beer is the strongest beer I ever brewed. Um, It was brewed in collaboration with the folks at Tilted Mash Brewing. Uh, The inspiration for this beer was that I bought a new mash tun and we wanted to see how much grain would fit into it. <laughs> um, so this was brewed in a four barrel batch with a thousand pounds of malt and uh, boiled for probably eight to 10 hours, uh, which really improves the viscosity of the beer. And then treated with uh, fresh cinnamon sticks, cocoa nibs uh, and chipotle peppers. You said a thousand pounds, and you started laughing. It's, What's mission accomplished? With let's see how much we can cram into this yeah. <laughs> into this ton. That's that's the number, by the way. Yeah, that's how much. That's how much. <laughs> no more. Um, are the chipotle peppers? Are they are you, they roasted? Dried. They're dried. Yeah. Okay. Dried chipotle peppers, and so basically, I like I was saying, I had a a base beer, it was very sweet, unflavored, and uh, I set up a recirculation with a second vessel that I crammed full of all the the flavor ingredients Mm -hmm. that I wanted to add. And then for about three or four days, I just had the whole tank recirculating and steeping all those, uh, the nibs and the cinnamon. Um, And there was also like seven pounds of uh, Abuelita hot chocolate discs in the, in the boil. Um, Yeah. the nose on this, just the cinnamon is just like leaping out of the glass and it's really attractive. Mm-hmm. Like this is just a beer I could just sit and smell for a while, <laughs> for sure. I'm picking up a lot of the peppers. There's a, a lot of the, mm-hmm. the heat at the end of it. Yeah, the pepper um, definitely builds, especially if you drink a whole glass of it. Um, you'll start to feel that in the back of your throat. Um, I didn't want to, I was a little worried about the peppers. I didn't want it to get too spicy and just yeah. have that be the only thing. Cause you know, it's Mexican hot chocolate does have that element to it, but I really wanted to focus in on the chocolate and cinnamon. Yeah. I, I really, I appreciate the, the I'm getting the different flavors at different times and, um, and I kind of, I, I, at some, I guess it maybe just depends on the day, whether it's like, okay, do you want like all one flavor at once or do you want it at different stages? And then, you know, you've got this thing at the end, um, which you can then talk about before you then have another sip. So I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I have the Dan, I have the Dan Scott face on yeah. right now as to whether I'm thinking you got a, uh, you look like you're confident. You look like you're ready to go. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice, why, why, why did you name it death by flip flop? Um, so I have to credit Jonathan Martinez of Tilted Mash for the name. Okay. I actually, so I had no idea about this because I'm super white. And uh, I've, I told this name to any, like, Latino friends and they just cracked <laughs> up. And I found out that, like, Latino kids get beaten up with flip-flops. Well, yeah. And I, this was, I learned by brewing this beer. So that's the name is just, uh, it's either death by flip-flop or death of the flip-flop. Death. <laughs> 
my wife grew up in uh, San Fernando, and mm. so uh, she was. Uh, she's very familiar with the uh, with the terms and the uh, and the language of uh, you know of the people there as they're beating their children. And that's definitely is uh, the death by chancla. She's always threatening our kids with a chancla. You know, she's like, yeah. yeah, get you know get the shoes upstairs, or else I'm going to beat you with a chancla. Well, I, I so. knew about the belt. I knew about the switch. <laughs> you know, never heard of the chancla though. So. Yeah, and I don't know what either one of those is in Spanish, but I know what chancla is. Exactly. So, yeah, we're. <laughs> <laughs> it's one to grow on. This is uh, this is really this is very interesting. I I think you deliver. I think it's a lot like the previous one. I think it, both of them deliver uh, as promised. I think they're very drinkable. Um, this one because just because of the bourbon characteristic. That's there's a, there's no, the, there is some chocolate in there. I'm just it's it's like no bourbon barrel on this one. Well, well this what. Muerte de Chancla is not a barrel-aged beer. So what am I getting? What's the heat? Well, it is 16% alcohol, so right. you're definitely so, going to get some heat just from that level of alcohol that's kind of reminiscent of a spirit. Um, but this is not a spirit barrel-aged beer at all. This is just a beer. So when you're, so what is, I mean, I know you said already how you make it, but for the neophytes like me out there who aren't quite sure what, you're, what entails, then how does, that, how does that alcohol content get that high? Uh, just a lot of yeast and a lot of time, basically this, you know, most ales you could ferment in two or three weeks. And this was like a two month beer, uh, with the same type of yeast and everything. Uh, there's a few different techniques you can do during fermentation to try to push the ABV higher and higher. Um, yeast will eventually die off if the alcohol environment gets to be too strong. And so there's definitely kind of a hard cap that you get to. And like I said, this is the highest I've ever gotten at 16%. Um, you know, and every time I brew one of these beers, it's kind of like a, a who knows where, <laughs> where it's going to end up. I just hope to get as high as possible pretty much. Yeah. And you know, this does not taste like a 16% beer. This is, it's dangerous. this is a very dangerous beer. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great. I, I really enjoy this beer a lot. All right. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go good at least to very. I'm gonna go good, very good, um, with it. It's it's um, it's just it. The flavor. I, I like the way the flavors go together. Um, it's um, it is it is a little steep in the alcohol. I, I'm getting the alcohol. I'm picking it up. You guys are fooled, but not me. The lightweight is like, yeah, I, I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> well, I can right taste now. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I yeah, I like it. Um, I like it. I, I think I'm going to go with very good. You? Yeah, I think that one of the magic things about this is that it really does taste like a Mexican hot chocolate. True. And that is, there's a lot of layers to that, and there's some subtlety to it. And uh, this is an excellent for me, uh, um, clearly. Uh, un, yeah, uh, un, uh, abashedly. Abashedly and excellent, <laughs> yes. That's not bad. You've got a... So what is it? That's that's three out of four beers that you've got an excellent rating on. You're uh, I'm not sure, but you might know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> I've been doing it long enough, so I hope so. All right. Well, that's uh, this is certainly an interesting flight from the uh, from the very light to the very uh, strong and powerful. And, uh, and you know, yeah. Once I got through the maze, I mean, this is definitely worth the journey. Um, so and and my mouse skills have been uh, have been like set on you know on keen. So that's good.
<laughs> so, right. so, um, so what's next? Uh, you said we got stuff coming up in uh, in March for yeah. St. Patrick's Day, and so, then and when where can where can we find any of your uh, fine productions? So the uh, peanut butter and jelly stout you will find in twenty two ounce bottles and a number of different nugget and Rayleighs and other uh, establishments around town. I think I have to say a third one. Help me, Dan. <laughs> Uh, 7-Eleven. Yeah, 7-Eleven. Why not? <laughs> um, uh, the Muerte de Chancla, you will I, just I have to... It, I uh, thought it's a Cordy Brothers. Yeah, you'd have to... Oh, yeah, Cordy Brothers. Let's go with that one. <laughs> right. I like that better than 7-Eleven anyway. Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we like them all equally. <laughs> yeah, they're equally great. Uh Muerte de Chancla, you'd have to just luck out by being in the tap room on the right day. That had a nice run. I do have a couple kegs of that squirreled away, so. How do you squirrel away a keg, exactly? They're kind of large instruments. Yeah. <laughs> well, one's in Dan's yeah. cheeks, in the but cheeks. the other one. <laughs> it's right in the cheeks, exactly. Um, no, I like, with these big, strong stouts, they tend to get better with age, so pretty much every time I brew one, I, I have at least one keg set aside to just sit on and, you know, some some special occasion will bust it out. Uh, I'd like to be able to enter this one in some competitions over the summer too. So that was another yeah. reason I saved it. Yeah, absolutely, you should. We'll have a brand new, super awesome pastry stout for you guys to try out. That's going to be a Irish coffee inspired stout called "Fight Me, I'm Irish." <laughs> um, for someone who hates naming beers, you got some good beer names. Yeah, I hate naming <laughs> beers. It's the worst. You have no idea how long it took <laughs> to come up with that. And I'm Scottish, so I'll be here. All right. Yeah, I'll bring my boxing gloves. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was a uh, that was a fine flight right there. I don't know if we've ever had so many excellence uh, in one flight, so congratulations to that. And uh, we want to thank uh, the brewers who make these. We want to thank you for listening, wherever you're listening, on podcasts, whether it's uh, iTunes or Google Play or Podcastify or Spotify or TuneIn. There's at least like two I'm already forgetting, but wherever you are listening, thank you. And just a reminder, there's a website. The website has pages. The pages have written descriptions of each one of the beers and the judging of them and why those beers were judged as they were. And then there's a beer list, which you can go down when you're at the Piggly Wiggly or wherever Dave's fine beers are are sold and or the 7-Eleven or Cordy Brothers. And then you can see what's there. And then uh, there's a link to each one of the episodes. And then there's, of course, the audio on the, on the website as well. So don't forget about the website. And uh, we just want to thank you for joining us once again. And we'll catch you next time on the Stoutcast at stoutcast.com. Right now, I'm right now, fellas.